Hello, you are about to listen to another episode of Beyond Clean, a podcast where we talk about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. I am your host, Dave Thompson. Yes, we are in Season 4. We broadcast out of Orlando, Florida. This is where the cleaning industry talks about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. We would love to have you on the show, so reach out to me, D. Thompson at academyofcleaning.com or at 888-999-6059. Be sure to listen to our live streaming that we will be doing this year on Podbean. Now, for today's show, let's get started. Well, folks, it is 1 o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon, and this is another episode of Beyond Clean with Ace. This is going to be our first afternoon session of, I I don't know how long the series is going to go, but every afternoon, at least for a period of time, we will be live on the air here on Podbean Live to talk with you about COVID-19, infection prevention, healthy cleaning. You know, it's just anything that has to do with the cleaning industry and, of course, the issues that we're all dealing with today. So I see that we have a a visitor on the line. Thank you very much for being on our live show with us this afternoon. There's no guest speaker today. It's just me talking with you. If you have a question and it's in regards to, well, just cleaning in general, I would say, uh, please post it, uh, call in. Encourage someone else. Uh, I see that we have somebody that shared it uh, out there. I was looking on Facebook. Uh, We put it out on Facebook and on LinkedIn. And, of course, we send out a whole lot of emails about this series that we're going to be doing. So this is the first afternoon. As I said, for those that are just getting ready to join us, we are going to be doing this every afternoon at 1 p.m. Eastern time. And, yes, somebody already asked, are we going to do it through the weekend? Yes, we will. Here's the thing. And infection prevention and the issues that are coming up and that we're all challenged with these days, just because it's the weekend doesn't mean that flu and the virus takes a break. We're all dealing with it. So since I don't have anybody on the line with any questions, I'm going to kind of go through a list of questions that have come into our office over the last 24 hours. And I guess the first one was, uh, of course, by now, you probably realize we had a master's green class uh, certification class scheduled here for this week in Orlando. However, uh, obviously, the class was uh, postponed. We have not set another date for that. So if, in fact, you have been wondering about the next infection or the uh, next master's green class we will have the date coming up now we usually do most of our live classes on eventbrite so you can go there Uh, of course if you want to keep up with anything that we're doing you probably need to go to the academyofcleaning.com right there in the top header it says uh, join a live class you can also go into the left uh, menu and you'll find all of those links there you can go to a live class there. Now, the other question I had was some people had already bought and paid for the workloading class, which is scheduled for March the 31st. At this point, we have not canceled or postponed that class. 
And as you may already know, one of the things that we do here at the Academy of Cleaning Excellence is that we have remote learning. Now, we've been doing this long before these issues came up today or this week. So you will find that uh, the workloading class does have some options on that for us to go to remote learning. And several people have already signed up for the remote learning. It appears that there's only going to be a couple of us uh, actually in the classroom in Orlando. So at this time, that is still going off as scheduled. Then the next class that people are asking about is the infection prevention class. And of course, that is a hot topic today. That class is scheduled as a remote class. Uh, it is going to go off on April the 2nd. I don't have the time up in front of me, but I believe the time is 9 o'clock Eastern until 4 o'clock. That is an all-day certification class. Now, there has been a number of people with all kinds of issues in the last, well, I would say four to five days. And, of course, uh, the last couple of days have even been worse than the previous ones. And, and you can all ex uh, imagine that. Now, you've probably all heard about the toilet paper run. I know I had a hard time saying that. Uh, yes, there has been a toilet paper run. I just talked to my brother in St. Louis, and he can't find toilet paper. And I told him I can't ship him any from Florida, so we're not going to do that. But the thing here is, is that we have a run on just about everything when it comes to living. Um, many people are talking about this today. We're not going to talk about that a great deal today. I uh, see we have people that have come on and off the line. We thank you very much for joining us. Leave a message for me as to what you'd like to talk about, and I will answer the question. If you want to talk live on the air, just uh, post the question and then call me, and we'll talk about the question. Um, I have in front of me a list, and this is probably one of the things that distributorships around the country are getting hit with right now or have been all week. Where do I get a list of disinfectants to use against COVID-19? Well, there isn't a list that says COVID-19. There is a list from the EPA, and understand that all disinfectants are registered by the EPA. And so these disinfectants are on a list. It's called List N, as in Nancy. Now, that list is for disinfectants used against SARS-CoV-2. Now, this also on this list has several other um, pathogens on it other than COVID-19. But I have been looking through the list and coronavirus uh, is the main one that is listed. Um, there are several others as well. You can find these. Now, here's the one thing I want to explain to everybody as you maybe are going to that link, and I will provide the link in our show notes after the recording of this broadcast. Now, in that link, you're probably going to find a lot of name brand manufacturers that you know. You're also probably going to look for 
a manufacturer that isn't on the list. And so now don't panic. A lot of products are private labeled. And so therefore what you'll see is if you've got a private labeled product, you probably need to get hold of your distributorship. They will know the parent um, product name or the parent company that the EPA registration number is provided for. And when they do that, then they'll be able to give you the private label name and number that that product is registered under. Now, here's an interesting thing. As I looked through the list, and I, let me see here. I think that the list right now, and this is the up-to-date list as of last night, 274 entries are on here. Now, when it first came out, it wasn't that big, and it probably will be getting larger as more time goes on, I would assume. Interesting thing here, there's basically three products that I see repeatedly as the active ingredients. And of course, probably the number one uh, active ingredient in a disinfectant that we know and we use today is a quaternary ammonium compound. Now, interesting enough, when I look at the contact time, now this is the time that the service surface should remain wet. In most cases on this list, the quaternary ammonium product needs to be uh, on that surface for at least 10 minutes contact time. Now I'm gonna talk more about that as we go, but I wanted to point this out before we got too far into the show today, because this is very key in the killing of the pathogen that you're after. Now the second product that I see a, a lot of is of course the sodium hypochlorite. Now that's gonna have lower kill times, but also when I look at it, then there's also uh, some of these that is, well, like, should I say, uh, dangerous. Now, one of the things that you have to look is just when you look at this list, there's a, uh, um, well, what what I say, a column uh, completely over here to the right. And it says emerging viral pathogen claim. Now, this is where you have to be careful. Um Many of these products do not have an emerging viral claim. And so you, you need to look at every item on this. Just because you see your name up there doesn't mean that it's the same as the last one. And then of course, the last item that I see here as an active ingredient is hydrogen peroxide. And in many cases, I wouldn't say many, in uh, some cases it's mixed with other products. What I see when I look at this, the hydrogen peroxide products by and large have a reduced contact time over the quaternary ammonium. So uh, we'll put the list on here for all of you to be able to look at in the, in the show notes so that you can look at it and kind of get an idea of the product that you're looking for and is it on there? And I think this goes back to the next question that somebody asked that I have on the list here. What is the best product to use? Well, if you go to the CDC site, it says that you could use a basic household disinfectant. Of course, we're talking commercial cleaning here uh, on Beyond Clean with Ace. And in this live podcast, I'm not going to be talking about home cleaning. What you do in your home is your own business. However, when we come into a commercial uh, arena, 
where we are responsible for employees and also the people that stay in the building and use the building, uh, this is going to be a different situation. So you want to make sure that you're using uh, a product that's on this list that I just talked about, or at least a hospital grade EPA registered disinfectant that is preferably neutral. I know that's quite a bit to say. Uh, look for those. I, I would tell you this. The best thing to do is use concentrated products. That is a green and healthy way to do it. And of course, to a commercial facility, a commercial business, that's going to be your best choice. Now, when I talk about a, 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 a concentrated product, I thought this was interesting. It was about the next thing that I saw. Uh, as you and I have all done uh, for the last 10 days, just about, we've been watching all the different news clips and, and everything. And what you've been seeing is schools that are closed. And quite uh, honestly, I think I heard a report this morning at this time of this recording, about 70% of schools nationwide are closed. Now, they're not closed for any other thing other than uh, social distancing to break the chain of infection. And of course, that's where we come in. So as you understand, many of you that may be listening to this right now are then challenged with what do we do and how do we do it? One of the interesting things I noticed, because uh, here at the Academy, my job is to, as a director, is to put together protocol and then uh, educate people and certify uh, their abilities. And one of the things that I would notice is in the news reports, it showed a person with a bucket of soapy water. And I say soapy water because I couldn't tell what was in it. I could just see the suds. And they're pulling a white cotton rag out of it. They're wiping the whole desk down, including the chair legs during the report. And then the person takes that, sticks it back in the bucket, wrings it out and starts to go to the next one. Now, of course, the first thing I'm going to tell you is there's nothing right about that process unless that's a pre-cleaning process. So if you're pre-cleaning, I have no problem with that. If, in fact, that's your disinfectant, that's totally wrong. I think if you listened to a podcast I did earlier this week, uh, I went into great length about the differences between cleaning and disinfecting. So... Um, if you haven't caught up with this by now, maybe go back and listen to one of the other podcasts because I don't want to go over everything, every single podcast. However, pre-cleaning is one step, disinfecting is another. Now, what was interesting here is when I watched this, then they shot another clip of the person mixing their product or getting their bucket of product that they were using. Now, they didn't show what they were using, but what they did show is that there was a chemical in the bucket and they were putting water in it and creating a bucket of suds. This is absolutely incorrect. In our cleaning one-on-one classes, we even teach you this. It is always you put water into the bucket first, and then you put your chemical in on top of it. A bucket full of foam is not what is going to do the job. Foam leaves a residue. The residue is not what we want. And so therefore, if this is what you're doing then during a deep cleaning, you're probably adding more problems to it because even if you were going through and doing a pre-cleaning, you don't want to leave a film on the surface that the disinfectant is going to have to fight against. The whole idea here 
is to remove the pathogens as much as you possibly can so the disinfectant can actually kill them. So again, make sure you get the right disinfectant. Make sure that you use the right product. And of course, this is one of the things I got here and I cannot believe this folks. It actually came through, um, I'm not gonna say who or what or, or anything. I appreciate the question. And this is my point. There's no bad question. So as you listen to this, uh, please, this is the reason that we're gonna do this podcast at one o'clock every afternoon for the next few days, weeks, or months. I don't know how long. Ask the question because there's probably somebody out there that probably either doesn't know or is going to do it wrong if we don't talk about it. So when we're talking about products, as I said, make sure that you use concentrated products, make sure you dilute them right. And of course, by all means, when you're diluting them right, you know, and this is the problem that I had with the question is like, how do I dilute it right? Okay, well, it's not by pouring it out of the jug and pouring it into the container. Even if you do put your water in first, you don't pour it out of the jug and pour it into the container. You pour it into a measuring cup or you have a measuring device like some of these products have squeeze bottles. If you're not using that, then you might have a measuring system, what they call dilution system, that's either mounted on the wall or is handheld. Any of these choices would be right. But here's the interesting question that I had today. Does insect killer and or furniture polish kill COVID-19? All I can say is those products are not on the list, on the, the uh, end list from the EPA. So I would have to say, no, they do not. And of course, this is the fallacy that a lot of people have out there. They think that they can use a home remedy. And while you may be at home, like I said at the start of the podcast today, that could be something you could do at home. But on the here's, here's the thing. Neither one of those products, even at home, is going to actually kill what you're talking about. COVID-19 has to be killed with an EPA-registered product that states that it will do that. Insect killer is for insects. What you're talking about here are microorganisms, so that's not true. Furniture polish, no. Furniture polish will not kill microorganisms. Uh, you're just going to give them a, another breeding ground, and uh, so I would say no in both of those cases. Please ask your questions. There's not a bad one. Now, one of the things I also noticed when I was watching the reports is while this person was, let's just say, cleaning, there was something in the body that was walking in the background that did not have gloves on. Of course, the service person had gloves on and they had a mask. I'll get to the mask in a little bit, but here's my point. If in fact, the cleaning staff, or if you will, the service staff is in there doing their task, then every other person in that facility should be wearing gloves as well. And here's the reason why. Because if you have an issue where you're trying to control this infection, whether it be COVID-19, whether it be influenza, whether it be norovirus, whatever the infectious agent is, if we're there trying to control it, everybody has to take the precautions of not uh, 
transferring it to themselves and then to their body. Now remember, gloves as we wear them is to protect our skin, our hands from absorbing an infectious material. Now that does not mean that the glove can't transport it from place to place. So that being said, we need to make sure that we protect ourselves from the contaminations that's on the gloves. How do we do that? My recommendation is at minimum, you take the gloves off and wash your hands at least once an hour. Now you're probably going to be actually putting the gloves into cleaning solution and rinsing and doing whatever it is. However, if you're running a vacuum cleaner or you're running uh, a Kyvac machine or a floor machine, you may not be. So here's the thing, we wanna take care of you. And the problem with our gloves is that we contaminate our, our gloves and then we touch our face. And so that comes the second thing of PPE because somebody asked who wears PPE and what should they wear? On a regular daily basis, if there's no infectious person that has been uh, documented in that facility, a face mask, which is just a general surgical mask or a dust mask and gloves. And we recommend that you use nitrile gloves. Now, the face mask is not for breathing. The face mask is to keep you from taking your contaminated hand, glove if you will, and touching your nose and your mouth, which is where most of the infections come. Now I was reading an article this morning that they're now looking at the very good likelihood that we have fecal oral transfer of COVID-19, which is nothing new to me. It may be to you, uh, the ones that are listening today. Thank you, Lucy, for joining. We're talking about COVID-19 today uh, or any other infectious agent and how to take care of it in a commercial atmosphere. If you have a question, just uh, pop it up there on the chat and I'll get to it. If you wanna talk with me live on the air, put your uh, question in first and then give me a call. Anyway, so here's the thing. The mask is to protect us from putting our hand to mouth, which is what we would call fecal oral, because we have no idea what our hands are touching. And unfortunately, many times people will have not taken care of themselves when they leave the restroom. And therefore this is how this transfers around. So my point is this, whenever you have people that are coming in and they're in the building and there's other people doing their service work, everybody should be wearing gloves and my prescribed thing now, if you're in that facility and we're taking care of that facility and we're doing our deep cleaning, decontamination protocol, everybody should have a mask on to protect themselves. Now, the question that always comes up is what are we doing currently? Well, unfortunately, what you're doing currently, I can't say whether that is good or bad. I have really no idea what you're doing. My general feeling is this. Most people, when they use a disinfectant, are simply spraying the disinfectant on the surface and wiping. And here's the unfortunate part of that. You may be using a disinfectant, but you're not disinfecting. The same thing would go for any of the branded wipes, disinfectant wipes that we talk about. Just because you got a disinfectant wipe and you used it on the surface, 
does not mean that you disinfected. In most common sense rules, you cleaned. So I can't really answer the question of if my current sanitizing program is correct or not. I can also say, well, my question would then be, as we just said, how is your current program applied? How, what is the protocol that you're using? If you don't have a protocol and your people aren't educated on using it exactly as they should, chances are they're using it wrong. So I'm gonna take just a moment of a break. I'm gonna be back with you here in just a moment. Listen to a little bit of music. I'll be right back with you. Sorry for that little bit of a break, but uh, there are certain things that happen when you need to take care of it. You need to take care of it. Anyway, we are live here on Podbean Live. We are sponsored by Gym Supply here in Central Florida. They have been improving lives with cleaning supplies, and we thank them very much for giving us the time and the ability to have this live podcast with you this afternoon. Now, the other thing is, you know, is everybody needing to be trained on how to use the protocol and the product and everything? And I would, of course, here at the Academy, I would say that's a very definite yes. And uh, we've had a number of questions come in over the last few days about the processes that they need to be following. I will tell you, we've got a number of courses, and I'll get to that here at the end of the show that we've uh, recently put out about uh, certification programs, but yes, you're very correct. We need to make sure that the people that are doing the jobs understand this is not business as usual, which goes back to our, what I'm doing right now. Is that okay? Probably what you're doing, have been doing, is not. You probably need to bump that up. You probably need to look at doing a little bit more. And I have a feeling that after this is all over, we probably will be changing our standard operating procedure going forward as well. So. Whenever it comes to who is actually doing the job, the people that are actually in that facility decontaminating it. I just had a message from a lady just a little while ago that was asking, let me get to the question here because I want to make sure I get this right. Um, she wanted to know, that, oh yes, right. She has a, a small cleaning service, has um a couple of doctor's offices, clinics, if you will, uh, family practitioners, um, and they were wanting a certification uh, from her business. Well, first of all, unfortunately, uh, we do not certify a business, we certify individuals. And I think this goes more to the question that was already here. You need to have a certification for each and every person that goes into that facility. Just having a blanket one for your company is not appropriate because that does not certify that the individual that's uh, 
doing the task actually is following protocol or even knows what the protocol is. So my answer would be, yes, you do need to have a certification and you need to have it per person that actually goes into the facility. This is what the facility is looking for. They want to make sure that whoever is doing that um, service in the building, that each and every person is doing the best that they can. And that's how you as an operation would then do the first step. Now, just because you have a certification from the academy would not dictate or mandate that you're actually doing the process right. It only means that you have the ability and the knowledge to. So um, let me go on to another question here. Uh, what is the SOP for gowning and degowning, and has that been developed? Yes, there are processes. Now, when we talk about gowning and degowning, when would we need to use a gown? Well, that's probably only going to be in a case of there's been an infected individual in the facility. Now, if you listen to our COVID-19 two-hour class that we did last week, um, you would uh, find out that you've got to go into a facility and assess the risk. And so these are some of the questions that I told the lady that she's got to ask. Has there been an infected individual documented in that facility? If there has been, then you would need to wear a gown. And then the certified individual would need to have a certification that also taught and outlined the standard operating procedure for gowning. Now, if you're putting a gown on, you also have to take the gown off. And this is what's called uh, doffing, if you will, in medical terms. Many times, <clears throat> many times, folks, what happens is in the de-gowning process is where we slip up. Unfortunately, we've done the job. We're wanting to get out of there. We do not take as many precautions de-gowning. And in the case of Ebola here uh, back in 2013 or 14, a nurse almost died from Ebola because she made one slip up when she de-gowned. And if you, if you listen to many of the reports that are going on uh, today, you will also hear and you'll also see that many of the nurses and the doctors are starting to talk and they're talking about the PPE that they wear. We're not much different. We're the ones cleaning up after these cases. And in many situations, you've got to take the same precautions as they do. So now one of the things that you need to do is you need to look at, um, the, like I said, the medium risk. If there's been somebody there that has been contaminated, then you have high risk. As I told the lady, is there somebody in the facility that has COVID-19 and you're there while they're there? And then, of course, in both of those cases, is there any body fluid that you have to pick up? then this is where you have to go into the gowning and degowning, and we have processes in there for that. The new course that we just released today, as far as decontaminating, decontaminating educational facilities, has that gowning and degowning process in there, if in fact you have that issue. 
Now, one of the other things is, uh, where is the toxic waste going? Uh, used wipes filled with pesticides, insecticides, and used PPE. And I will have to admit to you right now, I am still looking to find the protocol for this. I have not been able to find on any of the sites how to properly dispose of these. So I'm going to tell you at this point, my best advice is like with any other uh, item that we should be taking this, putting it into plastic bags and discarding it of it properly. And so I would say at this time, my best advice for you is simply to um, ask a supervisor, put it in a bag. I will try to maybe at our next podcast tomorrow, maybe address that. I have not got an answer with that one uh, this afternoon. Um, I think, uh, let's see, if you use a third-party cleaner, have you read the CDC guidelines? Uh, so that means if, if the member of the staff uh, is doing it, do they know what they should be doing? And I would hope that you have. So if that person's been certified, you know, hopefully by the Academy of Cleaning Excellence or somebody, they would have already understood what they should be doing and how they should be doing it. So if that be the case, the guidelines are already there. And um, the CDC, if you've been keeping up with this with COVID-19, has been changing those uh, standard operating procedures a little bit from time to time. Uh, let's see here. Uh, interesting. Um, I think we talked about uh, this man. Yeah, yeah, okay. We talked about that one. We talked about that one. You know what? I think I'm pretty much through the list of questions that I had today. Uh, the only one thing I wanted to save here for the end was um, do we need to have a site map of the areas that are treated? and treated with what agent? And I would say that this is a, a good point here. One of the things that we wrote into the courses that are just coming out for you for this decontamination is to follow the service worker when they go in. So in other words, many facilities are closed right now. We've got uh, inside restaurants, we've got bars, we've got um, many, many different schools, many different organizations are gonna be closed, well, pretty much till the end of the month at least. So when a person goes in there, goes into that uh, site uh, the next time, what are they gonna be talking about? I see somebody wants to call in. One of the things you need to do is if you have a question for me about infection prevention, please type it in there first and then I'll uh, connect with you and we can talk on the air about it. So uh, please just type your question in there first and let me see what it is, and then we'll get to it. My point is this, whenever that facility has been closed and we're now charged with going in there to take care of it and decontaminate it, no matter what the level of uh, risk there is, what we wanna do is we wanna first take care of, and we need to make sure that we're taking care of the service worker first. So to the site map question, what I wanna do is I always wanna start with how the service person goes to work and starts their task. My advice and the protocol that we're writing is that of course, the first thing you do is you walk in, you wash your hands and you put on gloves. 
You want to do this immediately when you go in before you go anywhere else. Now, the second thing is, where does the custodian or the janitor go? They're going to go to get their tools and equipment. So if there's a supply room they're going to, they're going to go get their mops or buckets or vacuum cleaners or disinfectants or cleaners, their microfiber, whatever it might be. This is the first area that they want to decontaminate. So they're going to turn right around, get their tools and decontaminate their own space. Now, that's going to also include maybe they have a desk, maybe they have um, uh, chairs, maybe they have furniture because it may be also their break area. Now, the next thing is, is if that person is going to be there for several hours or even maybe a full shift, they're going to not only do that, they're going to eat uh, their meals. They're going to take breaks. So I noticed we got some more people on. Thank you for joining. If you've come on and want to talk about COVID-19 or infection prevention, please type in a question. And then you can give me a call and call in and we'll talk about it on the air. Otherwise, I'm just answering questions as we go. So the point here on the site map is once I've come in, cleaned my hands, I've serviced my area that I work with, what's the next thing? I want to take care of the employee break area. And then I want to take care of the employee restroom because usually in most of these cases, the person is actually going to go in and uh, use a different restroom than the public restrooms because most facilities have what we would either call a staff restroom or private restrooms. Go take care of those first. So what you've done is as a service worker goes in and does their job, they're actually taking care not to recontaminate those areas and take stuff with them because before they go back into those areas, they're going to take and, okay, you don't know what I'm going to say, remove the gloves, wash their hands before they go into these areas. Now, the reason that you always have other people putting on gloves is we don't want them taking and doing the same thing. So you want the people that may come into the building to share the same responsible uh, program. So your site map in all cases must start with these locations first. And then of course, you're going to go to your building and do whatever you want to. Okay. So is it beneficial to wear masks to ward off uh, the spread of virus? Yes. For yourself. Uh, thank you for the question. I think we talked about this already, but that's okay. Here's the thing. You always want to wear a mask if you're in a facility and you're charged with decontaminating that facility. And the reason is, is because you're going to be touching surfaces with your hands, even though you have your gloves on, we touch our face 19 times an hour, regardless of whether we realize it or not. And so what happens is you're going to be taking whatever pathogens on the outside of your glove. And now maybe it goes to your area of your nose or maybe you rubbed your chin. Now that's how we get infected. So the only reason you're wearing a mask in a basic operation is to keep you from touching something and putting it in your mouth or your nose or your eye or wherever. So the masks are not for breathing unless you're in a case where there is an infected person. If there is an infected individual in the facility, and you're the one charged for taking care of it, then you wear an N95 mask, which is for respiratory. Otherwise, it's for protection from what we call fecal oral route. Hope that explained it. Uh, we have a whole lot of other information on the subject, but 
that's kind of the short and sweet. So on the site map, back to that is what we want to do with the site map is we want to make sure that we've covered everything in a routine. And we also want to make this available and visible to any other personnel that's been in there. So if they go into an area that's already been serviced, they need to know that they were put on new gloves before they go into that area. They don't walk into that area from another area and then recontaminate that. And I think this is where we might run into some of the issues. You're very welcome. Thank you for the question. If you have another question, please uh, get it with me. We're about to the end of our broadcast for today. I uh, usually run these for about 45 minutes. As I said, we are going to be doing these every afternoon at 1 p.m. Eastern time. We are um, powered by Gym Supply in Central Florida, where they've been improving lives with cleaning supplies. We are the Academy of Cleaning Excellence. We have many certification courses out there. And I think that's one of the questions that I was asked uh, earlier. What certification courses do you have coming up? What can we take? Go to academyofcleaning.com. We have online courses. Um, somebody did ask just a little while ago if we had them in Spanish. And I have to tell you, we do not have very many in Spanish. But as uh, the afternoon wears on today, hopefully we will have this decontamination for uh, educational facilities up in Spanish for you. So uh, although I am not bilingual, uh, we will uh, get that up there for you so that we'll have that and hopefully we'll have a few more up there as well. We're going to have some other classes that will be coming up. As you can tell, most everybody, it's uh, kind of in flux uh, with learning. But we've been doing online learning. We have a very robust campus for online learning. And also we do uh, webcasting, if you will, um, our, um, what would you say, remote learning. So we'll be doing those. We use that uh, quite a bit. So you can uh, chime in and take those classes there. If you go to the academyofcleaning.com, go to the live classes. When you get to those, if it says live streaming, that is a live remote class. So I teach those out of my studio in Orlando and we're more than happy to have you join us and do that. Uh, so here's a uh, question uh, with the immune system already uh, compromised. Am I susceptible to the coronavirus more than others? Yes. Uh, you're talking with a person here that has been dealing with chronic asthma from chemicals that I used in my 20s. I've been dealing with chronic asthma for uh, well over 30 years. I'm now uh, diagnosed with COPD. So had to move our medication. During that time, I had double pneumonia and I am over 60. So that also puts me in uh, the high risk compromised uh, area. So one of the people asked, are you working from home? Yep, I am working from home as much as I can. Uh, that's why I say we have remote classes and it's just a, a wise thing to do. On the other hand, I will also tell you, I traveled to Chicago last week. I went uh, on United Airlines. I went through O'Hare International Airport, traveled, met with a bunch of individuals at a, at a facility and traveled home and I'm doing just fine. Why is that? With everybody scared, I didn't wear gloves the whole time. I didn't have a mask on all the whole time. 
folks, it's because I know what to do. Uh, it's not because I'm not at risk, because I certainly am. But you have to take care of yourself. What did I do? Well, you know, hey, uh, for a week before I was taking Airborne, for the week of, I took it, and I'm taking Airborne this week. So you add what you can. You eat right. Uh, I won't tell you I exercise completely right, because I don't. I don't want to tell you that. On the other hand, uh, I didn't touch any surfaces in the airport. And if I did, I had a sweater with me. Uh, when I sat down, I laid the sweater over the surface. And when I got home, that sweater has been laundered. Uh, whenever I got into my seat at the airplane, I will tell you this, though. Uh, I will say that the, the seat in the airline was probably the best it has been. I flew United, which I've done many times before. And what I noticed is that the seat belts were placed correctly. They're not just, um, you know, like somebody just got up out of them. You know what I'm talking about. They were actually placed. The pocket for all of your material was clean. There was nothing there. The floor, there was nothing on the floor. And this was at 4 o'clock in the afternoon coming back from uh, Chicago back to Orlando. So it does say that they're taking care and doing their part. What I do, I wipe down the seat, the uh, buckle, the armrest, and my tray with three different wipers. Uh, somebody asked me what kind of wiper I used. I do not use disinfectant wipers. I use baby wipes. They're, you're only cleaning whenever you're just wiping the surface. So just use baby wipes. They're, more, they're safer for me, safer for the environment. Um, there's really no reason to be using all of these uh, disinfectant wipes because you're not really disinfecting anyway. Anyway, um, take care of yourself out there, folks. Do what you need to do. Please, if you have any questions, if you think about them, uh, you can send them to me on an email. My email is dthompson at academyofcleaning.com. Please just shoot me an email. Um, some of you maybe have con contacted me before. If you have my uh, phone number, simply text me the question. I'll try to find the answer. We'll talk about it tomorrow. I will be back on the air with you live tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern time. So if uh, you got some questions answered today, or if you think about something else, share this with uh, somebody that you know. Have them jump online tomorrow. Check us out. Follow us at all of our social media. We really appreciate that. Remember, if you're looking for some supplies, Jim uh, Supply in Central Florida is our sponsor. They'd be more than happy to help you out. Their email address is www.jimgemsupply.net, not .com, but .net. So, folks, uh, be safe out there this afternoon and tomorrow. Come back and see me tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern time right here on Podbean Live. And until then, keep whatever you're doing healthy positive and proactive. See you tomorrow.